Shirt Show. All right, let's go. Shirt Show! Hey, babe. Kind of late here because I got carried away talking to Frank. And uh, yeah, he he sends his love to everyone. And is he doing all right? He's doing okay. You know, he had physical therapy and it's no fun. Like, yeah, uh, it's kind of like with what I'm going through right now too, physical therapy. And it's to make you do stuff that hurts. His, you know, he has a he has one of those chairs that they delivered to his house. And I guess you have to, you know, he had the surgery here. And so they, you put your arm in it and he has to do this. He told me he has to do this three hours a day. So three times a day for an hour and you put your arm in it and then it raises it like a, a couple degrees every day, you know, like it does this kind of thing for you mm -hmm. just to force the movement, you know? And he says it's, it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> but it's day eight he's still you know the wounds are still healing and sounds wonderful um, but he's a man like he's fuck yeah like he's ready to you know i like, can't remember i think we had talked about this before i can't remember the commercial but what was it where like the dudes at the fast food place or whatever and he's got like a full arm cast like all the way up to the shoulder and he can't reach into his one pocket to get out his change or something. And he like fucking crushes the cast in his arm just so he can reach in and get the money <laughs> out Frank. of his pocket. I was like, yeah. that's Frank a hundred percent. That is Frank. Yeah. He, he's just like, it's, it's just, it's frustrating, you know, because you personalities like Frank and I guess me and you, and I, I don't know, a lot of people just want to get back to um, it. They just, yeah. They just want to do stuff and, it's hard when you're, um, when you can't. And so it's hard. I think I've always said this, it's harder mentally. It's more challenging mentally than it is physically, really, because you can tolerate the pain, yeah. you know, but the mental part is the struggle. So mm -hmm. anyway, cheers to Frank in his uh, continued recovery. Love you, and bud. We will, we love him and we definitely will see him and Roselle in Chicago or at our spring break. Yep. Hell yeah. yeah. So we were having a discussion a little bit in uh, uh -oh. Mob Boys this morning about how it's on the ramp up. Oh, yeah. You feeling it? Yeah, we're feeling it for sure. Like, uh, big time. So, and it sounds like some other shops are also. Maybe it's a thing. You know, Stephen, what did he say uh, a few weeks ago? Just that um, something about February. Basically, that, all the sales in February are the second half of February. Most of February happens in the second half. Yeah. yeah. Most of it. And so I sure is true for us right now. And thank gosh. Thank gosh. Gosh. <laughs> Do I ever say gosh? Mm -hmm. It's a good you one. Know, it's a good word. Yeah. Well, thanks. Yeah. It feels, it feels really good. You know, we have a couple of large orders in here right now that are taking up press time. And we're letting all this other stuff just pile up. And it's so wonderful, you know, because when you're slow, what happens here and probably at your shop too, or a lot of shops is that the, sh the, like the shirts come in, 
they get checked in like, and Kyle's waiting for them as they like last shirt gets put in the box and check in and then takes it to press and it prints and then yeah. we're done, you know, like, wait, where, mm-hmm. where's the next order? Check, hurry, like check in the next order. And so that's always and, the worst too. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, y- y- they just want to feed the machine, but yes. there's still the normal, like turnarounds turn around for a reason because it mm-hmm. takes time to like get blanks in it, get the artwork approved, get everything ready to go. Yeah. And when you're a production manager and you're just like, I just want to like get these jobs done. Like you still have to wait for that process. Like you, it's, can't do anything yeah. about it. Yeah. You know, you're, you, you train and then you work every day as a production manager. And if you have the mind like Kyle does, his mind is get shit done. And it's very hard to shift to, Hey, go slow. Like, you know, what are we, what are we doing here? You know? And so yeah, slow and down, you got to shift back uh, to getting shit done again. And so, you know, yeah, um, it feels good though. And I hope everyone who's listening right now also is feeling well, by the time this comes bit. out, it's March. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I um, hope everyone's feeling the bip up. The bip mm, up. The, the up bip. Yeah, the up bip. I like that. <laughs> okay. Do you remember when we were talking about, I don't know, was it on an episode or was it on an SNL that I said that people, somebody was printing a hoodie over the pockets and Spraying they spray the tacked. In. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So check this out. So Multicraft Daddy, he texts me and says, hey, I saw the show and we actually have a product from Tecmar and it's starch-based adhesive. And so you spray it in that pocket, sticks it down, and it's not like glue or, you know, chemical-based glue. It's starch-based. And so it just comes, washes right out. Just cut a potato in half and... Exactly. Exactly. That's what that is. Exactly. Right. Correct. Okay. Correct. Correct. Um, just, a remember, Yukon, just a Yukon gold cut in half that you scrub inside your hoodie pockets. There's a dude here that, um, and this is, this is real. This is this, this is, this is not, I'm not making this up. No. Something he does with potatoes. Yeah. So he, like the first time I saw this was on Super Bowl Sunday. We came in. And we were printing and for energy, he eats a raw potato. Oh, so like he doesn't, no, no, no time, but yeah, he doesn't <laughs> peel it. Like just it's straight just, biting it like an apple. Yes. Uh, that's what I, is exactly the analogy I said. It's kind of like an apple because it sounded like that when he bit it. Was it, was it, it like a red potato? No. Like it's like a you got a gold. <laughs> you don't even eat the skins on that shit. No, he just ate the whole thing. Yeah, like he's a serial or, killer. Yeah, he, he wears people's skin for sure. <laughs> he was, he was just, uh, so that's now, yeah, now we, lost, um, dude, that's gross. Now for at the snack bar, we got to keep potatoes over there. Just raw <laughs> potatoes. It's way better just than potato fucking, chips. Potato chips cost way more. You know, like this is actually, it works out. Plus it's healthier, you know, the fried aspect of the potato and all that. What's salt? healthier? You mean the, just the raw Just potato? eating a raw potato like a crazy yeah. person. Yeah, right. And then he's got all the starch he needs, like for a while, you know. He bites it, he rubs it on a hoodie, bites it. (laughs) (laughs) No offense, Phil. What a Mm. fucking idiot. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, it's probably so. You remember um, 
the movie Martian with uh, Matt Damon. The Martian, yeah, where he grows the potatoes and the shit, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he survives off of just only potatoes and actually he cooks them. Does he cook them? I yes. guess. He microwaves them. Okay, well, so what? Like you, the point, <laughs> my point is, is that it's healthy. It's probably very healthy. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably going to live to be like a 300 or something. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. here we are laughing at him. It's true. He'll he'll be laughing. He's the one. He's mm-hmm. the one that's laughing. Um, but yeah, so they have a, if anyone's wondering, they have a starch-based adhesive that you can spray on the hoodie, apparently, inside the pocket, hold it down, run it through the dryer, good to go. Smart. Mm-hmm. The world is smart, isn't it? It is, yeah. It impresses me. I can't wait. Can't wait to see the fucking the potato killer of St. Louis in the fucking newspaper like <laughs> a month or two. He doesn't kill potatoes. He eats them. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that he'll be known as that. Because... Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Because <laughs> he leaves a potato on his victims. Yeah, like maybe uh, the, like the last bite. Or the bite like he's gonna get apple, caught. Like... He's gonna get caught from the dental record of a fucking raw potato. Ooh, ooh, smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I should do like the CSI thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I wish I, you know, if I didn't do this, it would be really. It would have been great to be like a, a CSI, like undercover, like a forensic person, like just uh, not like too sciency, but just. Figuring out crimes, you know, like investigating crimes mm-hmm. and trying to find like the, you know, because yeah, like you get wrapped up in it, you know, and I'd be like, you, you know, you have the charts with the pins and the strings. I don't think that's trying real to life, solve but the, yeah. You're trying to solve the crimes, you know, <laughs> and then, then you do. It'd be so fun. Yeah. I don't know. Justice. Is that, is that what you really would want to do if you weren't a screenwriter? Um, like what's your real thing? Um, be maybe a hairdresser, you know, come on, nice. real, or is that that's, real? That's a nice, that's a real nice job. Yeah. It's fun. That'd be a nice, fun job. Mm-hmm. Um, um, that's it. That'd be fun to be like a rock star. Yeah. Wouldn't it be good? Yeah. A lot of people crash and burn at that. I've always thought it would be fun to be mm-hmm. a roadie. Like to a set up stadiums for, and stuff. Oh yeah, just like huge shows, just setting like up go on all that tour, stuff, rigging and, and stuff. Yeah, hmm. I probably would have joined the military and just like been a career military person. Well, you could have retired could from the military NASA. after a bit and then become a CSI, right? With ooh, you, ooh. okay, yeah, um. Why can't I think of the name of one of your favorite TV shows? And we watched it and it still works today. Um, it's kind of like CSI, but it, yeah, X-Files. Yeah, you could have been an X-File investigator. Mm-hmm. That's no, no, come on. That's what you'd really want to do. Oh, for sure. I would have been Project Blue Book. I would have been taking that shit over mm. for sure. There you go. So we would have merged. Like I would have helped with the pins and then and the right. strings. Mm-hmm. Throwing pencils in the ceiling. It would have been time. a good team. It's funny that you bring that up because I'm making a hoodie today for myself that just says Scully, it's me on it. <laughs> I So it's, I don't know what it plays on, if it's FX or something, some channel we sometimes get. It's on Hulu. And Hulu, well, we... I think. 
came across whatever and it was we watched a few episodes just randomly in a marathon or something mm-hmm. and you know this is from whenever it was 20 something years ago mm-hmm. and it's still it's good it's wonderful mm-hmm. yeah it works like it, you know sometimes you say oh this is this is too old doesn't work it's anymore fantastic well, it plays into the creepiness mm-hmm. yeah it does mm-hmm. true to that um Hey, you know, we did this a couple times ago and I think we should do it again because it did feel good getting a lot of love. And so we should pause here and give everyone a, a moment, chance. moment of silence. Just give everyone a chance to, <clears throat> you know, hit the like button because, you know, this is free, this podcast for everyone. And all we require is for you to like it. Yeah, or are we ask, like I YouTube. should say. The funny thing, I was thinking about this in the car the other day and I was mm-hmm. like, you know what would be cool is if you're listening to this right now or you're watching it, like mm-hmm. take a picture. If you're like listening to it in the shop or whatever, take a picture of what you're currently printing and tag us on like an Instagram story or whatever social platform. A good idea. And, like I'm listening to the show and I'm printing this because I want to see. I want to see mm-hmm. your shop. I want to see your printing. Yeah, me if too. you're in your car, show me how fast you're going. Or if, if you happen bed, to be eating a potato, then take a picture of eating a raw potato and send it to us. That'd be kind of cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Down with that. I'm down with it. Um, anything else before we talk about our, our buds? Is that no. it? I don't know. No, we have a, we have a new bud today to talk about. We do. <laughs> it all starts with the screen and whether it's new stretches or restretches, Frank and his team do it the best. To find out more, go to graphicscreenfashion.com. F F F F. Whoa. <laughs> what is going on? I'm just, I'm a little, I'm just kind of shaken up or choked up about the whole thing, but this whole Frank thing. F F F F F. Rank.com. Or great fucking screens.com the greatest yeah. fucking screens and the greatest man for sure <laughs> i can't believe you i can't believe i messed that up i'm sorry man i'm sorry frank i didn't mean to do that cleaning screens is no fun but easy way makes it way more funner their line of eco-friendly chemicals will make reclaiming screens a whole lot easier check them out at easyway.com easyway it's the easiest way baby did it right I got that one right. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. GraphX is the source for production-ready digital art and remote art staffing. Go to graphicsource.com to learn more about what they can offer and let them run your art department so you can focus on running your business into the stratosphere. Mm. You like that? To the moon. Yeah. I've been thinking more and more about remote workers not in the sense of like fuck these people let me get somebody for cheaper but more for the fact of having a team specialized in something that i can rely on basically at all times like as a help like graphic source is cool just because like it's a whole team of people that can handle it. You know what I mean? Like if one person's having trouble, they can help have help from oh. someone else in their thing. You know what I mean? Like it's a whole thing. I think it's I not just one mean. dude in an office. You're saying just looking for 
Like it was fun. Um, like this is a this is a side thing on this, and I saw this on like a reel or something on Instagram the other day where it was like someone said they went to the dentist office, and instead of the dude, the dentist having like office staff, he literally had a fucking iMac turned around where it was like a VA from like overseas that like checked somebody in. <laughs> like just like webcam person sitting there mm -hmm. being like yeah, I can do this or whatever. And it's just funny because it was like, I feel like that's where shit's headed. Not that I want to be there, but I'm just saying like hmm. more well, funny and more you remote. Just, funny you bring up dentist. I don't know why you keep bringing this up. Um, Probably because it's on my on mind because you're grilling me so hard. It was brought up on SNL. And I think it was, in fact, it was brought up this morning because that's where I went this morning. I had a, a dentist appointment, my sixth month cleaning. And it was absolute torture by the I way i figured it would have been and it's yeah what did was, they tell you you needed nothing. be honest don't fucking bullshit what? me they were like oh we got to pull this we got to fucking <laughs> fill this this is gonna be six thousand dollars here we gotta do a <laughs> gum scraping or some bullshit no uh, i mm -hmm. did have a filling that has partially come out and so we have to mm -hmm. put it back in they i picked feel it, out. it. No, I was already, I was already there. In fact, I'm the one who said, Hey, you know, check on this. I got this feeling. I think that. And they, they saw dollar signs as soon as you said that. They're really nice people. And I'm sure they are, but mm -hmm. they also run a business and they get paid. I told them well. about you. I told them about you. Mm -hmm. I did. They're like, he, he probably eats potatoes raw or something. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Choosing the right emulsion for your shop is complicated. And that's why we love Chromaline. Go to Chromaline.com. To watch Kev's vids or contact him on IG at the Emulsion Guru and get the answers you deserve. If you're not using DTF or screen <laughs> print transfers, <laughs> you like that? <laughs> In your shop, you are doing it wrong. We have partnered with Howard Custom Transfers to get you the transfers you need fast. Check them out at howardct.org. Com. I just almost got it. Org. You almost got it. It was close. Mm, thanks. Drum roll. Hey, yeah, drum roll. We both have used SNS from the beginning. And, you know, it's our go-to here at Shurkong. It's our go-to number one distributor. And it's not because of price, although they are really well priced. Mm -hmm. um, for us, it's a relationship. It always is. And um, 100%, yeah, I don't want to steal your thing, but. Oh. I feel the exact same way. Like Mike, my rep comes in fucking. Usually it's like a high five handshake, whatever. He's like, Hey, fuck face. What are you up to? Comes in, sits on my couch. We probably don't talk about shirts for like the first 20 minutes. Hmm. You know what I mean? Sits down bullshits. He's like, you're easy. What do you need? Tell me if you need anything at all. And I'm like, dude, I'm good. Or I'm like, Hey, you know, we got a lot of call for people wanting independent or we got a lot of call for, this or whatever he's like i'll send you some samples tell me what you need you know and i'm like cool get me he's like i'll work on your pricing i'll send you a new price sheet i got it like an hour later it's like oh, that's yeah. that's what i want dude like that's what i'm looking for i'm looking for a guy to come in or a girl to come in and say what the fuck can i help you with shoot the shit with me on your way and that's where it's at yeah and i think that um you need, so we print on t-shirts every single day. And so you have to, that's a relationship, isn't it? And so 
you know, we have that relationship with SNS. And I think that um, we don't always like we do, we can send in for a quote, like, let's say we have a 1000 shirts or whatever. It's like, hey, can you give me a quote on this? And they'll, they'll um, see what they can do and maybe tighten mm -hmm. up the price. But I don't always ask because, you know, I get it. Like, I hate when people always ask for us to do better pricing. So why do I have to ask the distributor? I don't think that's fair. So I like, I like it when um, I don't beat up any of my uh, any of my suppliers, whatever you want to call it. I'm always yeah. like, what's your price? Okay, cool. And um, I, I feel like I get better service and that's what I'm looking for. And so um, they partnered with us at our summer camp. That's the first time we've ever done anything with them for a shirt show. Yeah. And they provided a lot of the merch, not all of it, but a lot of it. Gildan had, you know, um, gave us some of the other stuff, but uh, and then we were talking to them and they were going to partner with us for spring break on uh, this uh, camp coming up here mm -hmm. in a couple of months. And now, you know, it's uh, we actually got married, I guess. Yeah, they wanted to help out the show. Yeah, they're just good people. And mm -hmm. also like not to knock either, but like SNS has always been our go to because of the relationship. But also like there's so much less mess ups. True. You know, a lot less like just random shit missing or a mm -hmm. box not showing up or whatever, or a yeah. box coming that's exploded and all over the place. Correct. So, um, so anyway, they joined the show mm -hmm. and, uh, we're happy to have them. That's right. So we're planning some neat stuff. More to come. We'll talk again soon. Yes. Um, Hey. Yeah. Love you. Love you too. What we got today. <laughs> Today, we are talking shop with Brittany Dannenberg from No Pressure Printing in Myerstown, Pennsylvania. How'd you fucking know? I'm you just knew? smart. Yeah. You knew that city? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hi. What's up? How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's up? Nothing much. Also, you were right. Pennsylvania. Yes. That's where I am. Myerstown. Mm -hmm. yeah. How, where in PA are you? Um, near Reading, if you know where that is, like, uh, kind of like, okay. Southeastern. Pennsylvania is a rectangle. Where in that rectangle yes. are you? Um, are like you, Southeast. Are you to the North, Southeast, South, near Philly. I'm near Philly. Uh, okay. That's all you had to say near Philly. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Do either of yeah. you, do either of you watch it's always sunny? No, no. Uh, well, well you should, especially cause it takes place in Philly, but I should. it, there's a scene, there's this one bit they do where Charlie doesn't understand that he thinks there's one city in every state. And oh, so I he's like, this. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Was like, he's talking about Pittsburgh or something. He's like, well, if you're in Pittsburgh, you're in Philadelphia, right? They either argue, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's so funny. I grew up right outside of Pittsburgh and then I moved across the mm. state. So, yeah. Do you like it there? Uh, where I am right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's pretty slow here, but I kind of like that. So yeah, me too. it's not for uh, everybody for sure, but dude, I'm all for that slow life right now, yeah. especially. I said the same thing today to Joanne in the car. I'm like, I got to get out of this big city. I need something smaller. There was so much traffic. Yeah. We're just trying to get to the dentist and, you know, and we're just traffic jam after traffic jam. Like, and it yeah, was stressful. The only traffic here is from like Amish mm. buggies. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like that is what causes traffic here. <laughs> Yeah, they do for real though. 
They do. We have a lot of them here and I see them at the lake all the time, like fishing and they have like the buggy and everything. There's a lot of signs around here too that are like the horse and buggy, like watch out basically, like don't drive yep. too fast. Um, but we were talking about this the other day, like it's been really warm here, like freakishly warm. And uh, me and Brian and Bill went for a walk at the lake and we were talking about small town vibes versus like the city. And uh, when you go for a hike or a walk here, it's like everybody you pass is like, you know, like, hi, how are you? Like, how's your day? Whatever. Mm -hmm. As soon as you get into a populated area, everyone's like, don't fucking talk to me. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't wave. I'm just going to look at the ground. And yeah. I hate that. Like, it literally pisses me off. Purpose. Like, it's like, yeah. you're another, I'm like in the middle of nowhere passing you as another human being. And you can't acknowledge that I exist for like one second. It's, it's about mm -hmm. self-preservation. It's about um, when you're in big cities, you, when you make eye contact, that could be a problem. And so, yeah, you just, it could yourself. be this, it could be the potato killer. It could be. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You didn't, you glad <laughs> she you has didn't no to, idea what I'm talking I about. I have no idea. <laughs> but it sounded, but it sounds like it. a real killer. Right. Exactly. It could be. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you. You kind of have like a, a good mix of how you got to where you are from what I understand. Yeah. I have like a, a pretty diverse background as far as screen printing. Like I pulled my first squeegee in like 2014, 2015 uh, at Millersville university. So I started there. I um, can I ask can I, I actually, ask you a quick, yeah. quick question about that though? Yeah. I'm in a, I'm in the process now of, and I don't know if BOCES is like a thing all over the place or if it's just here, um, but it's like that uh, get out of high school basically and you go like learn a trade or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm in talks with them right now of like creating a screen printing department or like a printmaking department there so like kids can go learn cool. how to do this because we don't have that like i didn't grow up with like a like a screen printing class like we talked to so many people that are like oh i did it in high school or i did it in college whatever like yeah. that's just not around here like it's not at our our community college whatever so i was like i really want to do this like i bet i could get people to donate like you know presses and dryers and everything else um how was the program like was it super basic was it like kind of lame but it was printing like give, um, me, so, give me a crash course on like how it was. Sure. It was um so the department was all different types of printmaking. So like offset, um, we had litho, pad printing, and then screen printing. Uh so it was bare bones, but it wasn't like we had to go, you know, order our screens bare bones. Like we had a place where we stretched the screens and we had a washout booth in a dark room and um we coded and stuff like that. Um but yeah, like it was it was basic, but everything that we needed. Um, that's cool. Yeah. And there I actually that's just reminding me, I was talking to someone, too, not that long ago. Uh, she wants to start up screen printing as like a Votech uh, class because they have all the equipment, but nobody to teach it. Right. So she wants to teach it, but she doesn't know how to do it. So I told her she can come to my shop and I would teach her how to do it so that right. she can do that. But I think that's great. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. I just think like in my career, I'm at that point now where I kind of want to like have fun with it in the sense of like I do the show and whatever for fun. But like I'm about to build a house and I kind of want to build like an extra part of the garage where I just do like paper printing. Like I want to print posters like at home for fun. But I'm like, yeah. I also would be cool if it was like one day a week or whatever. I went and taught a class at like BOCES and was like teaching kids how to like do the whole process. I think I think it'd be awesome. Yeah. Plus like selfishly. If I was the professor or the person teaching or whatever, that uh, 
I could just steal them when they graduate and be like, come work in my shop and yeah, pick yeah. and choose the, you know, the, the good ones. Yeah. That would be so cool. That's a, something I want to do like down the road. Like if someday, you know, when I have arthritis in my hands from this and I can't do it anymore, <laughs> I want to teach it. Cause I just love it so much. I love talking about it. So yeah. that's the, after this kind of thing. So I think, um, I yeah. think though that it should be bare bones. I think it should be basic equipment because you know, that's what I learned on. And I think if you struggle with that equipment and you learn from the very beginning, I think it's probably better than, you know, like let's say that the, that the class had, you just started on an auto or something. I like the idea of starting with the manual that even maybe doesn't even have registration on it or something. You know what I mean? Just so you know, you can yeah. appreciate then like, oh, wow, I really appreciate this micro reg all of a sudden so yeah. much better. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it, I think it would be cool to like, even if it was like a week of the class or something was like the oldest of the old school way of like making a screen. And then it goes to the next like iteration. And then it's you like, mean like cutting you know, like, Ru Ruby? Yeah, like cut Ruby Lith. And then the next one is like capillary wow. film and like all this other stuff, like go through the whole thing again, just like you said, so that mm. in the end they can appreciate that they can fucking like print a film on an inkjet printer or they can yeah. do like a laser or something like they yeah, know one of my classes, uh, one of my classes, it, they showed us like the old school print separation, like films for, I honestly don't tell my old professor, but I don't remember what it's for now, but mm -hmm. it was like the original way of doing it. And they showed us and they were like, okay, so now we're going to show you how to do this in Photoshop. Like, you know, so right, I, right. I totally agree with that, but it would be cool. It's yeah. like, it's like a history mm -hmm. class where they go through the whole thing. Um, so anyway, I hijacked your your talk. So you, you went to school for it. What happened after that? Yeah. So, well, the, the, um, degree itself was all different kind of stuff. Like the name of it is applied engineering with a folk, like applied engineering and technology management. So there's business classes with it too. And then with a focus in graphics. So like it gave me like all sorts of things, but I always chose to do the screen printing, like right. every single, like everything. I was always like, if I have a choice, I'm going to do that. Um, but once I graduated, I actually started doing uh, freelance graphic design because that's what I could do at the moment and I needed money. Mm -hmm. um, and then like a year or two of that. Were you doing teacher graphics? Hit. No, I wasn't. Actually, I was just doing corporate stuff because that's where the money was. Like I was mm -hmm. doing vehicle wraps and um, business cards and brochures, stuff like that. Um, but and then I moved me and my husband moved from here actually to Westchester, Pennsylvania. And then I started working for a big company, big screen printing company there. Um, I got a lot of experience, uh, within my first couple months, I was the top producer there because I just am really competitive, honestly. Uh, In the actual so, manufacturing part. Yeah, yeah. 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 So I was, I was on a manual press. Um, because I missed it. Honestly, my father-in-law said he saw a sign that said screen printers wanted. It was actually somewhere else. And I applied there and it was a weird, like they, they were just, I don't know, they didn't get back to me. And then when they did, they were confused why I was calling. So anyway, <laughs> and I Googled screen printing jobs because I was like, I miss it. So, and then I found like this other place and I applied there and I got a job and yeah, it was on a manual press for a while. And then uh, they wanted me to be a lead printer. To do that, I had to learn the auto. So I was on two autos um, for a little bit. I was on two at the same time. Wait, and wait, then, wait. So explain yeah. that. What would you, what did that mean? 
So I would set up a job on both. I was going to say, I know what she's going for here. Yeah, I, I would <laughs> like set up finish a job one, on go to the next loading, one. So someone can tear down, and then you're just going back and yeah. forth a lot. Dude, I'm, I'm not even kidding. Like the corporate people would come. It's a really big company, um, and the corporate people would come in from Texas. And they would talk about like, our numbers are low and all this. And I'm like, how many people do you have like for auto? And they were like, oh, just one, like one person per auto. And I was like, okay, okay. And then one of their texts came in and I asked him because I'm like, he's gonna know and he's gonna tell me the truth. And he said three to an auto, like someone Mm -hmm. to load, unload and then tear down and set up and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so I'm doing all of that. Um, But yeah, so I'd set up a job on both and then I would run one and then run the other and then depending on the jobs, maybe get someone to help me load, but good experience for sure. But, uh, I was there for almost two years, but I was supervisor by the end of it, um, of the floor with all the screen printing and everything. Um, and then they ended up shutting that location down because we had, it was like a, we had two buildings and it was too much overhead and whatever. So they have like big plants in uh, Texas and California. So we were the small fry, but, but now I'm here. So. So you went whatever. right from there to, to where you are now. Yeah. So they, they shut us down and it was just one of those huge upheavals because it came out of nowhere. Like they said they were offering me the position and then literally shut us down a month later. So it was out of the blue and, I needed money and it was like, it was one of those, I needed money, but also it was like the perfect time to make a huge life change. Mm -hmm. And it was like, either it's going to happen now or in my head, it's going to happen in 20 to 30 years. Like that's where my head was at. Either I take the leap and see what happens or I go back to the safe for now option, which is just work for someone else. Here's the thing. uh, And this is what I I say about, taking the leap and, and, and timing. And that you, I, I like to think of it this way anyway, is that you can always go back to the other thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, let's say you, you did take this leap and it, and it didn't work out. Well then go get the job. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But take your chance, yeah. like take your chance mm-hmm. right now while you can. And that's what you did, which is really cool. Was that the, um, what do you think was the hardest part now that you've gone through this startup phase uh, what was the hardest part of like owning, being the owner of the shop and starting it versus, you know, being a supervisor of the floor? That's that's hard and it has its challenges. But like now you have like your supervisor of the entire thing. You know, it's all yours. Mm-hmm. And so like what was what do you think it was the hardest for you anyway? Honestly, just because it's just me right now here. Um, going from like the fast, like I have something to do every single day. My schedule is packed every single day, even when we're slow to there are days like when I come in and I'm just like, like there's, there's nothing to do, unfortunately. Like, and I don't, I don't know what to do with myself in like those situations. So having like the mindset switch of like constantly being occupied to figuring out what to do, like in the times where there's nothing to do, I guess. I don't know. And just like lack of people. I'm a chatter. I like to, to chit chat. And there's just like nobody here. So. It's like we were kind of we were kind of yeah. talking about that a little bit earlier because we were talking about our friend Frank. Um, and I, I think it's just a certain type of person who just like has to do all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm that person. Andy's that person. Sounds like you're that person. It's yeah. just like we need to be occupied with something we're passionate about all the time or we lose our minds. 
Like yeah. I hate sitting home and doing nothing. Like mm-hmm. I literally feel weird. Like I was like yeah. that yesterday. Like I, I left work and I was like, I have nothing to fucking do. Like I was like, I guess I'll go to Lowe's and Walmart. And I don't even like Walmart, but I was like, <laughs> it's a, I don't have anything else to do. But it's a task to complete. You get to drive there, get out of the car, go in. Like, yeah, right. no, I get it. I get it. That's why I'm like super into the gym right now, too, because it's like a, a set things that I have to do. So on days like when I'm slow here and the gym is like I'm looking at it, it's like two feet away. It's on the other side of a wall. So like I can I know what to do when I get in there. I know what I'm going to do after. Like so even on the days when there's right. nothing to do, I know that that's there. So it's it an option kind of takes some of that mm-hmm. off my shoulders of the going insane part. What was like uh, what was it like working for that? for that company and kind of like you're, it sounded like you were there two years and you kind of like blew up kind of quick from like, Hey, I'm just going to run the manual to running two autos. Like how was that process? Like, do you think the management was good? Do you think things were like well streamlined or do you feel like it was kind of chaos? And then now you have the opportunity to start fresh and like do it in the way that you feel like will work well. I think, yeah, you said it pretty much perfectly. Like, the I didn't know going into it because that was my first shop that I worked in. Like I had experience before, but like that was in a classroom. Like it's it's not the same at all. Um, but working in there, it was like I went in no expectations other than printing. And then while I'm there, you know, you pick up on things like as you go. But I don't want to say it was poorly managed. It just wasn't managed. Like it was just like I would go in and ask what I'm supposed to do, and it's just like. We just have to get the schedule done. But like, other than that, it wasn't like, it wasn't planned out. And then um, other other than that, like, I don't know, like I just went in and, and did as much as I physically could during the day. Cause again, like I'm competitive and I like to do things. And then like from there it was picked up on. And then I just kind of like worked my way up from there, I guess. I don't, I don't really know, but yeah. Um, yeah like every place has its problems for sure. But Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I just think that the struggle and Andy, I'd like to hear your opinion on this, too, is like. As an owner like me and Andy with our size shops and whatever, like I feel like the hardest thing by far is people and managing people. But you also want to really reward the people who are like go getters and people who are like super interested, like you love screen printing before you even work there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you were passionate about it. You didn't get hired there just because you were like, fuck, I need a, I need a job and yeah. I can do this. But like, I don't give a shit about this after five o'clock. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I want more of you to work here, but I ne- also need to make sure that I'm like feeding that machine of like keeping them entertained and like engaged and passionate, but at, at some point I don't know what that is. You know what I mean? You can bring them in and be like, I love you. You're amazing. I appreciate you. Here's pay, whatever. But at some point it gets to be monotonous of just like you're running the auto, like you're just loading shirts, you're printing shirts. Like where do they go from there? Cause like in my mind, the next thing they could do is like, okay, you're like a production manager or you're whatever, or you want to move to the art department or something, or just move around in the shop. But like in your opinion, if they wouldn't have closed down, would you have loved to stay there? Or are you happy to be like, cool, I get to try to do this on my own now? Like if you were still there doing what you were doing, how long do you feel like you could have done that for your career? That's my question is like, I want to know from you, like what can I do to like keep someone like you like excited about being here? 
Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, cause I would talk to people about that. Like, like, cause I'm, I still talk to some of my old coworkers because like before I was their boss, like we were coworkers. Um, and I think the biggest thing, honestly, is just when, and you might already do this. Like, I don't know how you run your shop, but when they come to you with something, just like, listen, absorb it. And if you don't have like a solution right there, or you don't like their solution, then just at least listen, sympathize, and then follow up with them. Like just being heard and being not like, not recognized in like a, you know, here's a, a piece of paper that said you did good work for me, like kind of thing. But like in a, right. like, I hear you listening to you value your opinion. Cause like yeah. we would have like uh, me specifically, I would go to my boss and his boss when he would like, when my boss wouldn't listen to me, I would go to his boss. Cause our, the shop I worked at was like real corporate and had like a lot of layers, but like a lot of the times it was just like, you know, we don't control the numbers. You just have to hit them. And it's just like, I don't, I don't like, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'm telling you that all of our spatulas are broken and you're talking about numbers. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know what you want for me at that point. So then I just go back to my press and I'm pissed off and I, you know, I'm just like, I wonder how much the shop down the street is paying, you know? But like, I, I probably would still be there just because at the point where I was at, I was making enough money to like live. But if I was still an operator, there's no way. Well, you didn't there's love no it though, by the sounds of it. It sounds like you were making no. enough money and you were happy in that space, but you weren't like, yeah, no, I love this. I, I wasn't loving it at the time where we left. And that's what I would like tell people now is like, if I was still there, I'd be miserable. Like, you know, I stopped yeah. doing all my hobbies, like, cause I just was so exhausted. I was getting there an hour before I was supposed to leaving an hour later than I was supposed to. Then they told me I can't do that because I couldn't have overtime, but they still wanted me to come in. Like it was just, you know, it was just a mess. What do you think? Amy? But, I don't know. I got here after my dentist appointment this morning. I first thing I did is I didn't walk straight to my office. I walked over um, to the end of the dryer because I knew we had something going on. I was on a phone call earlier and I wanted to see how it looked. And then after that, I walked over to our tagging, uh, retagging department. And right now we have a very important client we're running shirts for now that's sort of filled it hasn't filled the void but it maybe filled half of the void with potential of filling all of the void of one of our biggest clients that we lost and so we're over there and it has to be like it's probably the highest level retail we've ever done with regards to like these neck labels and it's um i wanted to make sure they looked really good and so i went over there and there was three people working on it and I asked him, I checked in, I was like, how's it going? And they're like, this looks, these look really good. And I looked in and I agreed, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are amazing and everything, you know, because when you do, I don't know, when you do a ton of neck labels, like we've done in the past, sometimes you get in the habit of going fast. Like, oh my God, there's piles of these things go fast. You hope that they're straight, you know, and all that stuff and they're placed right. But now I, we actually have slowed down. In fact, we met a couple of days ago and say, when this comes through, we're going to go slower than ever like this is this is in fact we're encouraging to go slow you know what i'm saying like that's more important uh for this and mm -hmm. so we wanted to we want this to really succeed and so i don't know i think they um without getting involved you know in the 
in the too much and in interfering with what they're doing and everything. I think that it's always nice because isn't it nice to hear that it looks good? Like something you're doing mm-hmm. looks good. And yeah. so um, instead of going there and like, hey, what's when there's problems, you know, like, oh, wait, here's the problem. What are we going to do? This is this is a mess. Like, actually, no problems. And it looked great and acknowledging that fact. And so anyway, I just kind of checked in with some people and to see how their day was going. But I don't know. I think that I think that's I, th- I hope that matters. I hope when I walked away, they weren't like, oh, fucking asshole, you know, like whatever, making sure this <laughs> hawking, hawking in, like oh, micromanaging shit. me or whatever, yeah. you know, but. Yeah. Uh, They're like, well, you think I can't get this done right in the first place? <laughs> I feel like I mean, it's a, you can't win either way. Like, I, I mean, th- and if you this don't is check a downer in, you're conversation. Like, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I did it with, with good intentions and I hope that they felt that energy, like this good yeah. intention energy. I wasn't over there. Like the hard and, and part. With wrong and this is uh, again, like I don't mean to ruffle feathers when I say this, but I I feel like the generation I don't even want to say the generation. Uh, let me step back from that. I think that when you're an owner and you're just busy with the stress of being like trying to keep this company afloat, I'm trying to like get sales in. I'm trying to make sure everybody's happy. I'm trying to make sure everything runs. It gets to a point where you're just like, fuck. Okay, cool. I've got like three tasks I got to do today. Like I don't, I know that management's running. I know those people are doing their tags. I know these people are printing, whatever. You're just like, shit's running. Like, do I need to walk out there and check in with them? Do I need to fucking high five them? Do I need to like buy them food? Like you're just like shit's on idle. I got like three things got to do today. But the problem is, is then they all are like, I never fucking see you. You're in your office. The door's always shut. Like, is he mad at me? Is this happening? Am I not doing a good job? Whatever. And then I get to the point too, where I'm just like, like you were saying is like, I, I think that me appreciating you is the, that like, I gave you a raise and I'm like, let's add new things to the shop that make your life easier. And it's like that. Uh, I always bring up this, uh, this madman sketch or whatever, where she comes in and she's saying something, I can't remember the whole thing. She's saying something about her ideas. And he's like, She's like, you never say thank you. And he's like, that's what the money's for. And it's like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, he's like, you're here, you're doing your job. You're literally getting paid to do your job. Like, do you need Mm -hmm. me to fucking like pat you on the back every five seconds? Like, I just need you to come in and do your thing. So like my mentality for, for a long time was that of like, you're here. The I'm trying so hard to make the environment as good as possible. Like the equipment's nice. Everything's clean. Everybody's doing their thing. My thing is my appreciation is you have a job and you're getting paid. Well, like that's what I think. Well, yeah. me and Andy had a talk on this at ISS in Long Beach where once COVID hit, people reevaluated their life and they were like, what's actually important to me, like work-life balance is important to me and like having a real life and appreciating my job and all these other things are important to me, not just the grind of nine to five, which is where we reevaluate and we're like, okay, these are real human beings that get up every day and come to the place that I created. You know, I feel like I need to take time out of my day every day now to go out. Hey, how are you doing? How's the kids? How you feeling? High fives, turn the music up, you know, like mm-hmm. do something that's kind of, and I'm not doing this like as a th- like task of the day. Like I genuinely want to hear how they are 
and like have fun with them. But I think more and more now owners need to realize that that shit's important. And again, like, I don't want to speak for the place you used to work for, but it sounds like it was like a turn and burn. Like, let's get our shit done today, whatever. Like how often was your owner or management coming out and being like, Hey, what did you fucking listen to any new bands yesterday? Because like I have, I, my fucking Spotify is like dry. You know what I mean? Like that's, I go out and I'll just be like, talk about something like, and I do that because I'm just genuinely want to make sure everyone's like having a good day, but I'm finding out that doing that is making morale like so much better because we're all just on the same page. And I feel like people get in the back of their mind of like, am I doing a good job? Like, do, do I even like it here? Whatever. And it's like important to know that like, we're all just kind of friendly people in the same space. Yeah. Yeah. I think that like what you said is kind of like what I said, like with the hearing people, but like being seen too is huge. Like I didn't know that I was a top performer or like my, my errors were like below 0.01% or something until I went and asked because I was like, am I doing okay? Because I'm, I like a benchmark. I am just like a, like I said, like I'm competitive. I like numbers. It's like a video game. Yeah. I literally told them that I'm like, I want to beat my high score. Okay. So how good was I last month? I'm trying to beat that this month kind of thing. But, uh, but like they, they don't tell you when you're doing good or they didn't tell you when you're doing good. They only told you when you were doing bad. And as far as like owners and stuff, I never saw them. I worked there for two years. I don't, I don't think I did. I don't know the, the names of the people that own the company. Um, but people like coming out and talking chit chat now, just, just the operators with each other and only on our breaks. Um, by the end, we weren't allowed to listen to music. We weren't allowed to um, wear tank tops <laughs> like in the summer. It was not temperature controlled. Um, and like our summers get really hot and our winters get really cold. Like we were told, you know, we just like kept getting things like taken away with nothing like a, Hey, I know this sucks, but at least you get to like, there was nothing like that. Um, and we always like, we had this running joke. This is terrible. We had this running joke. Like we would call each other by our machine numbers because like, that's how we were viewed. Like it was right. that bad. I like you're C34, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Like it was, it was bad, but like, it's an extreme case. Like I, like it was a, it was a huge company that had a lot of, facilities so i mean like i'm on the pop thing, shop that's the thing was i get that to a degree because it's the scale there's no mm-hmm. way for that owner to walk around and high five and hang out with every employee like i get exactly. that to a certain yeah. degree which is mm-hmm. why again back to me and andy always say two or ten presses you know what i mean like were you happier at two presses or are you happier at 10 presses? I feel like to a certain degree, it's just a money-making machine. It's mm-hmm. not your passion project. It's not well, your. But, but also I, I think that if it does scale that large, it doesn't have to be the owner that walks around. It could be the, there's somebody else could be the cheerleader and the support. Yeah. It could, it could be, you know, um, an expediter or a, or a, or a manager in that department, you know, that, that their job is to make sure every just to check in with everyone and make sure every, and acknowledge also when something's going well, you know. And so I think yeah. that the madman quote that you know you mentioned also that I think madman was supposed to have taken place in like the fifties or something, you know, when like they had I think they drank in their office and smoked in their office and um, also like uh, I don't know we're we're rude to women, you know, and like this is a whole different era. 
And so I think that, um, I mean, now, I'm not necessarily saying it's like that. Like, I'm just saying the mentality in general of like, you were hired. Like if, if we take out the human factor of, of things, and I think that all the time, even now it's like, mm. let me say this in the nicest way possible. It's like, there's certain things like even me that I do in this company and me and Andy, we do this the same. We travel a lot. Like we know we're in a position in our company where it's like, I want to go to ThreadX or I want to do this other thing or whatever. There are certain employees that see you doing things like that. And they're like, that's not fair. He's always just off fucking around. He's like not working when doing this. Well, when I hear stuff like that from certain people that are like, oh, so-and-so was pissed that you were on vacation this week or something. I'm like, did I not hire you to do this one task and you get a paycheck every week to do that mm -hmm. task? What does that have anything to do with me doing my thing? Mm -hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? So like, that's where that mentality comes back to me again. And it's like, why are you mad at me? Like, I'm literally paying you to do what I asked you to do. Yeah. You should stay in your fucking lane and just worry about <laughs> your shit. You know what I mean? I think that also depends on the individual because like you said, like, and what I said too, like, um, like some people need the verbal pat on the back. Like they need to be told, Hey, you're doing a good job. Other people are like, let me just do my job. I just want to do my job. I don't need like the check-ins and stuff. Right. So I feel like in a smaller shop, it's easier to kind of just go from person to person and figure that out. If not just blatantly ask them like either in the interview process or like in like, as they're working there for a while, it's like, Hey, do you want to see me more? <laughs> like, or mm -hmm. do you want me to just, leave you alone so you can do your job kind of thing but um but yeah i feel like on an individual basis i think you could just yeah figure it i out do there, back, but. back to the original thing though i do feel like the you know checking in and having personal relationships with these people and this and this and kind of like looking at the work-life balance thing of like okay like is this a place where they want to come from nine to five they feel happy here they feel supported they feel like they have community and then mm -hmm. they get to leave at five o'clock and they feel like I could do this for 20 years. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's not like, oh, I do this for three years until I get fucking bored of it and I can't wait to leave and go somewhere else. So that was mm -hmm. what my thing is like, I think what I'm doing now is working. It's just it's going to take a while to figure out if that is true or not, I guess. Before yeah. um, before you go to the next thing, um, I have I have thoughts on this and I would I would sort of say to that person that was i guess criticizing your vacation or if that's what it was even because threat x and other things aren't vacation i i would say here's the thing you know i never it's rare i stop working i'm always thinking about this place when you own your business when you own a business it's really hard to not think about that business you have to like try to not think about that business mm -hmm. And so if I'm not at the business, I'm usually thinking about the business. Um, even if I'm on a beach, it, you know, like I still month. sometimes think about even if it's, yeah, if it's for a I month, <laughs> I'm still <laughs> thinking <laughs> about this business. And I have, I hope they don't have like cell service on the beach or something where I can check my email because I will. Unfortunately, I try to put my phone down and say, okay, look, I'm not touching it for three hours or whatever it is. But uh, and when I'm at those places and when I'm in Long Beach or if I'm in Atlantic City or if I go to, like you said, uh, print hustlers or anything like that, I'm trying to improve myself as a person and as a shop owner. And I'm trying to bring back when I travel, I'm trying to bring back ideas. 
I might have eaten out at a restaurant when when I'm gone and I saw something they did there, then I'm like, man, I should just do that here. Like if I did that thing here, that would be really cool. That's dope. Even though it's a restaurant and it's not the a- truth. Of, the truth of that is it does help that when you do go to something like this, you do bring back more knowledge or you yeah. have an idea or you change something because then they see that and they're like, oh, OK, yeah, like we wouldn't have gotten this client if he wouldn't have gone on this trip or we wouldn't go. have done this thing. But that's not always the case. I'm just saying that, like, it instantly fills me with guilt because mm-hmm. I feel like, should I be taking these trips? Should I do this thing? Whatever. But then I also I'm like, I've been doing this shit for 17 years. Like, that wasn't the other part I was going to say. Fucking, is that I'm in a spot now where I can enjoy a little bit of it. I literally worked my back off or my ass off because I had back surgery because I, I mean, it's because I'm older now too, but I also like worked constantly, like every single day. Like when we first opened here, we were open every single day that we weren't closed on the weekends. I was open, you know, and not just during the day, like at night we'd lock the doors, but I'd stay here. And well, I'd Brittany was talking about or, working her, working her hands off a little while ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't See, know. There was one I just, time I walked into my old job and I had a knee brace on, an elbow brace on, and a hand brace on. Like it was, it was so bad. I just walked in basically limping, but I was there. Hey, but, you were the top producer. Remember? That's what it takes. It, <laughs> that's yeah. It was all worth it in the end. Yeah, battle scars. Dylan, you mm-hmm. know the truth, and you know what uh, what what time you put in. And I think you, if you do take some time off and you go to Disney World or whatever it is. Um, even if you're not looking at your phone and working, you deserve it because you put it on the line. You risked I it went all. to Disney World that one time and left my family to do a shirt show with you in the hotel room. <laughs> That's love. Yeah, there you go. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, right. uh, we, we can leave this topic, but it's just it's just one of those things that I think that it's not to sound pessimistic, but it's just like you, you can't win on either aspects. I feel like, I feel like there's always some battle of some kind with Mm -hmm. the human aspect of owning a business. You can't win them all. You can't make everybody happy. You do your best. And I think we're all trying to, we're all just trying to do our best. Trying our best. Yeah. Hey, so I was using this app the other day and something happened while using it. And I've got to share this. So I, um, I didn't, this is a free app, is but it, it wants you to, no, it's a free app, but it wants you to, uh, yeah, it's free. upgrade. Dylan, can I tell a story? Sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Never mind. Here, we'll just move on. Okay. No, no, don't do that. I want to hear about the app. Yeah. Oh, thank, you. About thank it. you. Um, it's a free app and it asks you if you want to upgrade you know it's like one of those like it's free Mm -hmm. until and then you have limited use and then oh you want to upgrade and when it asked me this it asked it said these were my options it said sign up or give up not yes or no like i don't want this app or anything so it's like sign up and give us i don't want to give up i'm what do you mean i so i didn't want to press the give up part Mm -hmm. and so i was like but i don't want to sign up like i don't want to sign up for this and so I pressed fucking give up. And I never give up. Like, that's one of my things. I'm not giving up. And I had to press yeah. give up. And so I thought, like, wouldn't that be funny if that's what we did when, like, we were quoting people and stuff, like, for our business. I've gotten, I've gotten emails like that before <laughs> that are like, well, I guess you want to give up and you don't care about the growth of your company or whatever. And it's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, it's kind of effective, though. I kind of like it. 
Oh, it definitely is. <laughs> like, like if someone you send a quote to and they just don't respond or whatever, you should be like, well, I guess you're giving up on your dreams. <laughs> oh, so you're a quitter. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. I get it. Okay. Yeah. okay. Good luck with that. Try that and see what happens. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. <laughs> Got it. So you're saying you're smart. Audit, you know? This is a yeah, smart you'd be like, well, tactic. You'd be like, well, I really thought you were a go-getter, like you were a winner, but I guess, I mean, I guess you really want to give up, so. <laughs> no, you're a loser, and that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I mean, it's you're cool. Like, I, like hey, we'll catch you on the next one, but. You, you do know, you. Sure, maybe. You do you, but yeah. in my mind, you're a fucking quitter, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I like it. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we tackled your, your career as an all-time ultimate performer at your last job and now you were like hey let's fucking do this solo let's risk it all yeah let's risk it all were you ready for that were you like i have equipment i'm gonna buy used equipment and start a thing get a space what will happen so literally the day that we were told we were laid off that's when like the first thought because i was just it was a lot of emotions and i was just like Basically, my thought was just screw big corporate screen print companies. Sorry. Like that was my first thought was like just the corporate aspect of it. I was like, whatever. I was like, so I want to either support another small shop and go work for them and like help them with their stuff or now's the time kind of thing. So the first thought was, what are they going to do with all this equipment? Like, are they going to take it to their other shops? Are they going to sell it? Are they going to auction it? Like what's happening with that? And then... Like from there, it was just, if I can find a space, I'm going to do it. Like, that's kind of like what happened. It was like, if this, then okay. Like it was like constantly kind of almost like giving myself an out because it's scary, but also like, but if this happens, I'm absolutely going to do it. Like, so I found this space and it was near my hometown. So I was able to like move back to a place that I knew and I already have connections here. Um, And the rent was stupid cheap utilities are included like it was just like as soon as like opened the door i was like okay i'm doing this like i didn't have equipment at that point i didn't have anything i just needed so did, space first did the last place not offer you or think that you could buy their used equipment like it all just went it, to auction i asked them if i could buy some of it and they told me i had to uh participate in the auction yeah. and when that happened it was like getting bought up like too fast and people were paying too much money for it. And I had to pay like a $500 deposit to just even participate in it, which I guess like technically would go back. I don't know. But at that point it was no, like I, I wasn't able it to It didn't align with you at that time. Yeah. Like it was still, there was still too much up in the air that it was like, I can't spend thousands of dollars on equipment that I can't even move right now. Um, but they did at one point say I could have my old press and then uh, the day before the auction, they were like, just kidding, we're going to sell it. And I was like, oh, that's okay, whatever. But um, that's the name so the then it was, I literally, I told, <laughs> I told the guy, he was one of the, the corporate people. Thankfully, he told me to my face and I told him, <laughs> I told him I was disappointed in him. That's <laughs> the like, worst. That's like, like I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I know. I was like, I'm really disappointed, but okay. Mm-hmm. Like my, fav- my favorite thing is to say that is that I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. But also my mm-hmm. favorite thing is in traffic or something when someone cuts you off <laughs> or whatever. People's go to is to flip the bird. It's mm-hmm. way more degrading to give them a thumbs up. 
Like if you're just like, hey, <laughs> yeah. great job. Good job, You're buddy. succeeding at life. Mm-hmm. So that's what you should have done. You, you should have just fonzied him and then <laughs> been like, I'm really just disappointed in you and walked away. Cool. So, so you yeah. got your space but had no equipment. Yeah, I got my space um, with like a plan to move into it. So like I had a month of like, like I think it was like three weeks before I signed the lease. And then like in that three weeks, it was like go time basically. Um, so the, the one cool thing though is everybody that participated in the auction and then chose not to pick up their stuff, I had the option then to get rid of it mm. to my shop. So a bunch of people actually, I'm super nosy. And so like in the shirt show discord, I looked up the old company name and a bunch of people participated in that auction. So I was like, Oh, I probably met like most of the people. I probably helped load your trucks. Like (laughs) it was pretty cool. But um, everybody that didn't pick up their stuff. Thanks so much. Some of it's here. Um, Just people that said like they they called and they were like, Hey, yeah, I'm like not going to take that. And I'm like, cool. Thanks. So I have a couple of screen racks, a couple boards, carts and stuff from that. But um, I did like one of the big, Ryanet packages because I I like getting new stuff. Like if I'm gonna do something, I'm one of those people that like wants to do it right from the beginning. Not Mm -hmm. right, but you know what I mean. Like you want a fresh start. I want a fresh start exactly. You don't want somebody else's. You don't want somebody else's mistakes and yeah, because that's what I worked on. Like with all my screen printing experience was old presses and hand me down presses, and it's fine and it made it work as everybody has to. But I was like, this is gonna be my shop. I want this to be my press. But like, I'm the only so one what, that's ever worked on it. What did, what package did you end up getting? What did, what kind of, what press was it? Um, it was a six head four station one. I think it's 300, whatever there. Right. Manual the press, 300. Yeah. yeah. So I have like, I got like the washout booth and the exposure unit and the belt dryer and a bunch of um, chemicals and a, like that. Like, I forget the package right. name, but one of the big ones. That's but, awesome. Yeah. So when the I real first, question is. Are you oh. happy? Am I happy? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gen- I am. Are you happy? Year. I am. I'm Good. in my screen printing paradise. So yeah, me too. I'm hoping, I'm hoping you're in yours as well. I am. I, I love it. Like, obviously there's been challenges and January was brutal. Um, so slow, but then I got like this huge job. And for me, like this was like a life raft, like this 600 piece order is like, like I could like breathe in and be like, okay, everything's going to be fine for a little bit. But what was that yeah. 600 piece order? Was it multiple locations or was it front and back? But it, it's for like a big event here for um, hunters. That's awesome. It's called Beast Feast. Yeah. Sounds like a place I need to go to. You're not that yeah, far away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're probably still selling tickets if you want. I you can go, have one of my shows. Go down to Beast That's Feast it. in Pennsylvania. Beast Feast, yeah. Andy, Worth I cut you off. What were you going to say? I was just I was like, isn't that the best feeling when, you know, you get that sort of order? And that was the biggest order you've ever gotten. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yep. so for the first time, it, you just feel like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, it's like it made, it, it put puts food on the table or pays the bills, really, is what it's doing. You said it was a life raft. Yeah. It really is, you know? Mm-hmm. It's a great feeling. It is, yeah. It's great the other yeah. part of that feeling, though, too, is like when you you get too big for your britches and you try to get 
a like whale of a client and you actually land it and you're like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, how I do I produce this? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. I've told this story on here before, but me and Chris and we were back in the fucking like one car garage shop. We had a four color two station silver press and uh, a small MR dryer. And we went and had a meeting with the New York Mets to try to get their shirts to the the ones that they throw out in the stadium. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. on Sunday, everyone who shows up gets a shirt kind of shit. (laughs) And we landed it. And we were like, how the like this was fun. But how the fuck are we going to print these shirts? And luckily, they were having like a hard financial year that year and like didn't do any of the extras. And then the guy like this is one of those moments where I feel like it was life changing as a company and as a like to do the experience of what we had to do to get that order and like have the meeting and everything. But then someone above was looking at us and being like, you're not ready for this shit yet. Made Mm -hmm. the made the Mets have a bad year or something. And then (laughs) just like they never ordered. But like. And then the guy that had a procurement there ended up moving to like another company. And like he was our connection that would have gave, given us more orders. So yeah. it didn't end up working out. But it was one of those things where literally when we left the city to come home, we were like, holy fuck. Like how we don't have the place. We don't have, we don't have the space for 10 boxes in where we print. Yeah. How are we going to do pallets and pallets out, and pallets? But- yeah, we would have figured it out. I'm sure. I mean, even back yeah. then, I don't even know if I would have thought to outsource it. Mm-hmm. Like we probably just would have put it in a container and just printed nonstop 24 seven until it was done. Yeah. Yep. But it's one of those things like how far do you reach? You know what I mean? Like you got a 600 piece order, which is a big order to print manually by yourself. Yeah. Like, yeah. are you literally like printing a box, going to the end of the dryer, folding those shirts, printing a box, going to the end of the dryer, folding those shirts? Yeah, so I have them laid out right now. I'm looking at them, but like they're laid out right now by size so that I don't have to like sort them after, of course. But like I used to do these kind of jobs on the manual at the old company and like on the auto and stuff. So like, thankfully, I kind of like, like mentally, I know like what's going to happen, but like physically, I don't know what's going to happen like with my setup. Um, But yeah, one at a time, you know, fold them at the end, like just keep trucking. But I feel feel like after... After years of doing printing and all that stuff, like, and even in the beginning, the way we used to do things where the printer would be in charge of his own job, like back when mm-hmm. we had like four manuals, it was like, there was one, obviously one printer per press, but like he was basically printing the shirts, running them through the dryer. When the job was done, they were falling into a box and then they mm-hmm. would pick up the box, go to a table, dump them out, and then sit there, every shirt, grab a shirt, look at the size tag, lay it in the small pile grab a shirt, look at the size tag, lay it in the medium pile. And it's like, you don't think about that part. You're like, oh, I can yeah. print these and this is the rate. But then at the end, you're like, fuck, I have like a pile of laundry. I have to sort <laughs> by size. No, yeah, I because I mean, I've had like decently sized jobs, like nothing to like 600 pieces here yet. But I've had like, you know, like 100, 150, like whatever. And that's what I found that works for me is just stop when the size stops and right. then do all the smalls, like do all the mediums. Yeah. 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 Were you doing that, Andy, when you were in your garage? Were you like going back and folding everything afterwards yourself? Um, 
Mm, sometimes, I guess. But, you know, I had my wife helped me then. So you I just mean, had her at the end of the dryer? Usually. And so like what, you know, like I said, what I would do would be set up the job and was ready and ready to go and everything. And then go grab her, you know what I mean? And say, hey, I'm mm -hmm. going to run these. But of course, there were times at night and stuff that I did exactly what she just said you know, stack them by size and then run them down the dryer and then go pick them out of the box. You know, you like, you hate to ha let them sit there too long. Cause then they get wrinkled up and looks like oh, crap, you know, yeah. or the dryer's I'll too hot that. and the ink sticks together and then all the shirts oh, are ruined yeah. or you mm -hmm. forget that, or the pilot goes out. We used to have an old dryer where like the mm -hmm. gas would shut off every so often mm -hmm. and we'd run all the shirts through and find out they're all wet in a pile at the end of the dryer. <laughs> That happened to me at the old company and that was the worst. I was running like a seven color and I was sending them down. And then my, my, I went down to check on it. This is when I was a lead and an operator. And like, I went down and I asked her, I'm like, they're all good. And she said, yeah, there's green stuff on them though. And I'm like, green, mm. that's ink. I was like, what do you mean? And I'm like, it was like mm. probably like 80, 90 shirts. Like and she said, there's green stuff on them. And it was just all the dryer had turned off. So it was running, but like the heat, it, it wasn't hot. So yeah, that was Brittany, one of those, like you have to walk outside and breathe for a second before mm -hmm. you come back in. Brittany, you talk about being competitive. I made, I used to make this into a game where um, like if you have a revolver mode, spinning twice, let's say, um, mm -hmm. job, you would load your last shirt and then run to the end of the dryer and then catch the ones, the first one, you know what I mean? That had, was coming down and trying to- So they never hit the bucket. So they never hit, yeah, and they never dropped in the box. You would stack all those and then, be, and, you know, try to make it back to press to load in again or start off loading and loading again when you're by yourself. And you can pull it off if you have that all delayed and timed right. You know what I mean? And you can we've, actually, we, we've done that where you hear at the last revolution, it does that beep. Yeah. So mm -hmm. you know, like fucking run back to the press because you got to <laughs> yep. be back there to load the shirt. Yep. That's fun. Makes it fun, you know. <laughs> oh, that's great. I love that. So... What's next for you? I know you're kind of fresh to doing this on your own, but like, what's your next move? Are you planning on just riding it out like this as long as possible? Or are you like ambitious to be like, I know what I want. I'm going to print. I'm going to hire someone to do sales and figure all this stuff out. Are you just like cool where you're at right now? And like, I just want to do this. I'm kind of cool with where I'm at right now. Um, I'm not like crazy ambitious when it comes to like business. Like I don't want to, you know, not, I don't want to say don't want to, but it's like, it's not my dream to have like a huge massive shop. Like that's just, that's not me. Like I want to be able to enjoy it. Um, and I, I like my little life kind of thing. Like I just yeah. want to provide, but I don't want to ever get to the point where I'm like, this sounds cheesy, but like, I don't want to get to the point where I'm like trying to remember people's names or like, you know. Yeah. I'm not oh, necessarily like, saying that. I mean, more along yeah. the sense of your, less yeah, i feel like it's less stress when you're like i know when i walk in today i can focus on like mm -hmm. just printing t-shirts i don't have to yeah. like print some answer the phone clean some screens or oh fuck i gotta print yeah. seven color today i gotta wash this many screens just enough to where i have to print this job and then you code them and then the screen blows out and you're like oh i gotta go clean one screen to code it it's just mm -hmm. you know what i mean it's that life of like being a solo printer yeah Where? but, but if you're happy you are describing it, then... my day-to-day -day, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is pretty much that's pretty much what happens but right now i'm i'm content right now like i eventually someday want to do embroidery but like that's just because i want to learn something new uh, but 
that's that's down the line but i do have the space for it so that's that's one thing i love about this place is like if and when there there is space for me to grow a little bit um but but yeah right would love someone to answer the phones honestly if anything that's what i would want yeah that's someone just yeah but i like being hands-on so i I don't want to give up that anytime soon but I don't know if you've heard of this yet, or I'm sure you have if you're in the Discord, but we have a segment now on the show where we want to ask a question to ScreenPrint GPT. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a question that you would like answered about screen printing that we can ask it? Oh, no. I should. I'm putting you on the spot, but is there oh, anything? No. I totally should. Is there anything currently this. that you're like questioning or debating? Because, like, even me, like, there's things where I'm like, I wonder if there's a better way to do this or if there's something we're having an issue with what is happening. Hmm. Um, Andy, Andy, do you have anything? I'm not going to put it all on you. The collective (laughs) here can come up with a thing. Okay, cool. We were, uh, we have some garment dyes going right now, some comfort colors and uh, we printed our typical low bleed every day on it. And uh, we tested it and we, we came back in the morning and it did look like it post bled a little bit. And so we switched to um, both whites poly, you know, poly in both screens. And so I was, I was kind of curious if we asked it, um, like best white ink choice for garment dyed tees, if it knew. Can we try it? Sure. There you go. Best white ink choice. Yeah. Let's see what it knows. Okay. There it is. All right. It says, when choosing the best white for garment dyed tees, it's important to select an ink that offers high opacity to ensure good coverage over the dyed fabric, as well as that provides good bleed resistance to prevent the dye from the garment from migrating into the ink. For garment dyed tees, particularly those made from cotton or cotton blends, a white formulated with bleed resistance properties is ideal, which is technically what you did is you did a, what, a low bleed white? The first one was a low bleed and it didn't like on this particular color. So it works a lot of time, you know, you know how comfort colors, you never know, like some work fine and some don't. Well, our low bleed didn't work. And so we had to move to a poly, like a higher Mm -hmm. bleed resistant white. Well, the next, the next paragraph says, uh, one commonly recommended type of white ink for garment dyed tees is a high opacity, low bleed plastisol ink. These inks are specifically designed to block dye migration and are, suitable for printing on dyed garments where dyed mi- dye migration is a concern such as with darker colored or heavily garment dyed yeah. fabrics um i'm going to skip ahead here just so i'm not just reading a ton sure uh, it also it's also beneficial to choose an ink that cures at a lower temperature if possible as high curing temperature can exacerbate dyed migration issues additionally inks that are formulated to work well with a variety of fabrics including cotton polyester and cotton poly blends are offer versatility if you're working with garment dyed tees made from different material and compositions. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's basically just telling you to uh, watch your temperature, uh, check the dyes, and make sure you're using the right ink for the job. Yeah, we considered using a uh, like a barrier, but with this print, they wanted it soft. You know, as possible anyway. And the barrier sometimes adds that a thickness that we didn't, you know, that you don't want on or like a soft or makes, you know what I'm saying? Makes it bulletproof. Yeah. And so, um, and, and we've had it where you'll be running mediums, let's say, and then the largest bleed, you know what I mean? Because oh yeah. One size. Yeah. Cause it was dyed differently or it was, it was in a different dye house or something. So, 
don't know. We went with the both polys for both, you know, the under base and the top white. So and yeah, it we generally say that if anything is something like that kind of shirt, um, mm -hmm. comfort colors is on the fence because most of the time for us, it's black. But um, we usually go more towards towards the side of using poly inks just to be sure. Um, or at the very least, make sure that we're laying them out to cool at the end of the dryer before they get stacked. Yeah, we also lowered our dryer temp 10 and um, we measured at the end, you know, because some yeah, you yeah. air a little high. Typically yeah. you air on yeah. the high side to make sure it's cured. But we cut it close and just backed it down a little bit. Yeah, we usually do that with measured. like tight eyes. Mm hmm Because we always have an issue with that. Yeah, you don't want to gas out. It, I think it's like a three. Whatever it's always it like one color in the tight eye just shows through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go, chat GPT. So you mentioned yeah. that you uh, you use the print, Discord. ScreenprintGPT.com. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you use the Discord. How's the community in there? Are you feeling like it's a good place to hang out and learn about things and share ideas? I think, I, I mean, I'm a lurker. I don't really, I don't like message in there very much. I'll throw reactions on the things. Like when someone's post something pretty, like I'll like be like, wow. But like. <laughs> Other than that, like I just, I just absorb the knowledge mostly. I don't, I don't feel, I don't have she's very many things to say. She goes on there. No, and I don't troll. <laughs> yeah, she's I that person. <laughs> she's that person who's in the group but doesn't contribute. Yeah, that's me. I get it. Um, not toxic or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you have multiple discords? I do well. I have one Discord account, but I, yeah, I use Discord for a ton of things. Like I'm in a whole bunch of different communities. Um, but I mean, I used it for uh, like professional things too, but mostly like, yeah, gym community. I just have like friends that I've met that we have a discord. Um, I used it. Um, I, I did like a little stint as a board game developer and I made a, um, a discord for play testing. So like I had it like all organized for like getting people together to play games and stuff. Yeah. But that's awesome. So did, did one of your board games get made? Um, yeah, well, so I was a playtester first for this company, um, just casually, like they needed playtesters and I'm a board game nerd. So I was like, yeah, uh, but then they hired me on because they liked my feedback and they wanted me to be a developer on it. So um, that one's out. It did really well on uh, Kickstarter, actually, but. Fun. That's funny. A friend of mine, well, two friends of mine have a company called Bright Light Media. They've been customers of mine for a long time. And they decided at one point, because they're both really amazing, like artistic people and they have the drive, you know, whatever. Um, and they made a board game. It was like a horror board game. And cool. when they first came out with it, they worked <laughs> on it really hard. They did a lot of, you know, like focus groups to see what they thought, whatever. And then they did the Kickstarter thing and it exploded. Like it was massive. And Do you then, remember the name of it? Yeah, it's uh now I'm blanking on it. Uh and I can't look at my phone either because it's my That's camera. Fair. Um I'll I'll try to remember it, I'll tell you later. Um okay. but yeah, it's just it's one of those things like now they keep making like expansion packs and they have a new one and they have another one now. I think it's called Float, where it's like uh it has to do with like sharks and like the ocean and pirates and all this other stuff. Oh, cool. um, but I think it's really cool to like get into that world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's huge. Like the, and it had like a resurgence over the last couple of years. Um, and yeah, it's like a massive space to be in, which makes it hard to like have success, but that's really cool that they did. Yeah. I'm going to have to look up the people. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, do you have any questions for us or is there anything you want to touch on or talk about? You might have already answered it, but um, what is something that you guys did either starting your business or a specific job or anything that makes you still cringe inside when you think about it? If anything, maybe you don't have anything, but with business or just like something we printed. Yeah, either. Oh, God, I have so many of those. Okay. What's the first one that came into your brain? Well, Andy always yells at me for being sole proprietor for so long. That kind of hurt my feelings. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> mine was mine was I bedazzled some stuff. All right. Uh, like rhinestone, whatever it's called. You had the gemstone things. You yeah, it good. Like I had, a, I had a customer that I was printing for, printing for, printing for, they, hey, I, can you make us this thing where it's, and actually you could order it from a while from like stalls or something like that. And mm -hmm. then you just, he pressed the, the rhinestones on there, you know? So yeah, we did some of that stuff. And I was like, I hated doing it. It took so long too. So yeah, mm -hmm. I didn't like that. That would be. I don't, I don't know if I have a specific one with this, but the early on stuff that really upset me was when a customer would call and say that like all the ink fell off or like mm. they washed the shirts and all their customers are coming back saying that like, Hey, you know, like half the design's gone after a wash or something. Cause back then yeah. in the beginning, it was like used equipment. We had a fucking dryer we bought out of some dude's barn. And like, I put two dryers together to make one good dryer. And again, oh, wow. like you're in a room without ventilation and you're just kind of like, there's no heat either in the wintertime. We've like turned on like a kerosene heater in the room, which we probably all got yeah. black lung from. <laughs> and it's like you do what you can. And you, again, you're trying to like act like you're in this like big print facility and they think you're just whatever online. And really, it's like three dudes in a garage listening to mm -hmm. fucking hardcore and printing T-shirts. Um, and then the, they call and they're like, hey, like I took a chance on you and basically you Ate it hard. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Just disappointed. Right. I feel like that's yeah. the worst. Um, but yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of things where I'm just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Yeah. If I'm completely honest and super vulnerable, the first couple of years, and I say first couple of years, probably all the way up to like five years, is when you are trying to be optimistic and you you think your company's doing well but you don't have enough money in your bank account and when your friends work for you and they cash their paycheck and it bounces that's the best that's yeah. soul crushing when they come to you and you're like hey um my check bounced and you have to I be like yeah that. i don't have enough money to pay you so if you could not cash that again that would be great yeah. there was a time I when that's... i had an extra truck and i sold it just to put money in the bank to cover payroll. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons too. Like when I say like I'm content with where I'm at, it's also safe. Like it just, it feels safer to not have people relying on me if I'm being yeah. totally honest, because I, I have had people be like, Hey, like when you're hiring, let me know, like either like old coworkers or other people that are in the industry that I know. And it's just like, uh, like just like that little twist in your stomach. It's like, but what if it's like, the worst, it is literally yeah. soul crushing. Yeah, that's like my worst nightmare. So, yeah. Ooh. It's when you you're doing the fake it till you make it, and then you get caught not you get making caught faking it. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's the worst. I mean, now is great. Like everything. Like I learned hard. I read a lot of things about money. I got my shit in order. I'm really good with it now. I'm happy where I'm at. But like, there was a time where I was robbing Peter to pay Paul constantly. 
I was taking an order, spending that money, and then hoping that the next order would pay for that order. And it's just like, can't do that, dude. You got to fucking like take care of shit first. And then the money Mm -hmm. you have left over is money you can use for things. So that was that would be my biggest cringe, I think. Yeah, the biggest of all. I feel that. We have a very important question. What's for dinner? Um, today probably ground beef, rice, and a vegetable. Boring, but yeah. That sounds like a like a person that's into fitness. Like that. I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> yeah. That's the bodybuilder type. <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Sure. Okay. Totally. I, me and Andy are in this group and we're trying to like be better or whatever, close our rings and all this other stuff. I am not a big like, oh, I'm going to go work out, but I walk a shitload. Like I walk a ton. I'm trying really hard to eat better. And then obviously like Instagram is my go to social media and I am bombarded yeah. now with like fitness people and all this other shit. And it's like yeah. some of it is like nice to see or whatever, but I hate like people who are like. I was literally thinking this today, like there's people that are like, I used to weigh 300 pounds and now I weigh 180 pounds and I quit my job and now I'm a fitness coach, whatever, just Mm -hmm. on social media. And it's like, dude, like just because you lost the weight does not mean you have the qualifications to tell me how to like be whatever. And then it's funny you said ground beef. And so like, I, I like to cook too. So I have a lot of food stuff in there and there's a lot of like fitness people that are just like, I can't cook. I don't know what to make. So for breakfast, I have like ground beef and like something else. And I'm like, yeah, I couldn't imagine just eating like straight ground beef and something. Yeah. And you just said, that's what you're eating. And I'm like, for I have dinner, to talk though, about it's not, this right now. It's, it's not <laughs> breakfast and it's flavored. It has seasoning okay. to it. It's not just, just straight like, you know, ground beef and white rice. Raw, just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no. Uh, I was, I was listening to the one episode and you were talking about drinking muscle milk. Yeah. And it tastes like metal. Yeah. Can I give you a suggestion? Are you sure. Okay. The, the suggestion? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Switch. Get rid of muscle milk. Trash. I have. Personally. Opinion. I do fair life now. Okay, that's what I was going to do. You do the core power ones at 42 grams of protein? No, it's the 30 gram one. Okay, you can, if you want more protein, the Fairlife Core Power chocolate, 42 grams of protein. It is just chocolate milk. It tastes so good. That's basically what the 30 gram one is chocolate milk, but I didn't get the other yeah. one because I read the back of it. I was like, well, what's the difference between this one and this one? And it mm-hmm. was more like, like whatever, like post workout, like it's better for that, I guess. And I was like, I don't fucking work out. I just like, yeah. I just, just basically what I want to do, and this is going to go off the rails, but like my thoughts were with the amount of walking I do, what I should do to be healthier is to f- do like the intermittent fasting. But my biggest problem with that is my favorite fucking meal of the day is breakfast. Breakfast. Yeah, I couldn't do it. So that's why I'm like, I, I can't do it. But Andy talked me into the shakes. And so now what I'm trying to do is a couple days a week have one of those protein shakes for lunch and then i'll just kind of like eat a bigger dinner later so what's Mm -hmm. your take on that um my take is i don't like anything that tells you when to eat i don't like restrictive stuff because it's not sustainable like i would never be able to skip breakfast for the rest of my life so like if you do a diet you have to look at it like i have to do this every day for right well that's how i'm looking at it it yeah 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 So like to, to switch to a protein shake, 
instead of lunch, I would maybe instead do like a, a protein. What I do is an overnight oats every single morning. So it's basically like a protein shake. Yeah. So I'll put in like a serving and a half of protein, which is 40 grams about a protein. Um, and then like I'll, I'll mash up like a banana in there, put the protein powder, water, a little bit of oat milk and then oats. And that fills me up until lunch. And that's after working out. So I'll go over and lift like four or five days a week and then have that and I'm good until lunch. And then like for lunch, I'll do a protein, a vegetable and rice sometimes, but normally at least like chicken and a vegetable. And then for dinner, same thing, protein, vegetable. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not skipping lunch because I'm trying to like, like, Oh, I can't eat this meal. It's going to make me better. Mm -hmm. Like genuinely, most of the time I don't even care about lunch. Like I'm yeah. in the zone working, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I feel like a lot of times it's a burden to look at and it's like, oh, it's noon. What the fuck am I going to eat today? Where am I going to go? Yeah. What am I going to get? Like, I would almost rather go to the fridge, grab the protein thing, just chug it and go back to working. Yeah. And like, as long as you're eating something like I, I mean, I, I don't like intermittent fasting at all, but like, again, that's like a personal thing, but as long as you're eating something and if it has like 30, like 30 grams of protein or whatever, like that's great. As long as you're, like you said, like having like a good breakfast or like a dinner, just making sure it's not necessarily good. It's just, yeah, it's breakfast. You know what I mean? Like my guilty pleasure is like a breakfast sandwich. So like, yeah, I'm trying so hard to find like, a good breakfast sandwich that I, and again, like people always send me shit where it's like, oh, you could make this like high protein fucking whatever, low fat cheese, this, this make 30 of them, put them in your freezer. That's not mm-hmm. the same as getting a sausage, egg and cheese McMuffin at McDonald's. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't care what you say. Like, it's so nice for me to drop my kids off in the morning, go for a hike stop and grab a mcdonald's breakfast sandwich and an iced tea and come to work yeah like and it's that's like my it's, goal morning do you feel like it's also just the routine of it too like you just like the routine like it's, it's the not routine it's the easy it's also like i mean you know living in pennsylvania like it's fucking 10 degrees outside like i want like yeah. a hot breakfast sandwich i don't want to eat yeah. cold oats <laughs> it is something and i drink them which is gross for some people but to me it's nice like i put in a little shaker bottle um yeah but to me like now it's so rooted in my routine that i don't even think about it like it's just like yeah i'm gonna have my oats now i'm just the um, kind of human being where like food is exciting and fun and like Mm -hmm. the spice of life for me there's one of my best friend chris like he's the kind of person who thinks like food is fuel like you know what i mean like yeah I don't care what it is, it's sustenance. It's just Mm -hmm. like, I need this thing. And I'm like, no, dude, like if I'm going out, Andy knows, like if I'm going out to eat, I'm getting the fucking, the tomahawk and the baked potato and the whatever, like. But like, see, that is like a well-rounded meal, honestly. Like, I mean, if you throw in some broccoli, but if you don't, whatever. But like, like that, like a a pure source of protein like that is great. Like, no, no. It's 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 when I get the meat sweats. Yeah, the journey yeah. sweats. I feel that. Well, hey, we really appreciate you coming on and doing this with us, Brittany. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked that you're stoked on printing and that you're yeah you're gonna grow and do what you're gonna do. So I hope you stay in touch and we can, thanks, uh, yeah, we can talk absolutely. more about this. I appreciate it. Cool. Thanks, guys. Well, thanks. Have a good day. All right. Hey, you too. Later. Bye.